0: Is Christina, and thank you for checking in to the Home for This is a podcast where a guest and I talk about our original characters—the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? What is your name? What are your pronouns?
1: Hi, I am Haley. I go by Sleepy Haley basically everywhere. Pronouns: she/her.
0: Awesome. And how are you doing today?
1: I am doing pretty good. Yourself?
0: Good. I am doing well. Uh, I am excited for tonight as we are recording because my friends and I are having soup night. Soup night. We're, we are we are all going to make soup, and we're all vaccinated and boosted, and we've all been masking everywhere. So we're going to have a nice night where everyone's bringing some soup, and we're all going to sample soup.
1: That sounds like a thrilling evening.
0: <laughs> it, it's gonna it's gonna be very fun. Yeah. One of my friends. Is uh, mentioned that she is going to be bringing. She's going to be making a soup. Prize. She didn't have anything planned. <laughs>
1: That's terrible and wonderful. I, I applaud.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: really. mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But we're not here today to talk about soup, unless we are. <laughs> uh,
1: not entirely. No.
0: Who are we going to be talking about today, Haley?
1: We are going to be talking about the main character in a series of prose stories I'm doing with my friend that's called Cowboy Witch and the Wicked West.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And if I may, may I read the pitch that you sent in for Cowboy Witch?
1: (laughs) Oh my, sure, I can't remember what I wrote, but go ahead.
0: It's it's very iconic and concise, and it's a good example of a pitch. Cowboy witch is a witch who is a cowboy. She hunts monsters, cryptids, evil wizards, etc. As she roams the Wicked West on her horse-possessed broom, looking for adventure. Iconic.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Uh geez we can put it that way it actually sounds like an interesting idea
0: hey hey we don't talk bad about our about our ocs on this podcast
1: (laughs) okay okay i know we
0: we we look at them we look at them critically Mm -hmm. we 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 address what needs to be addressed but we don't put ourselves down
1: (laughs) yeah self-deprecating humor is bad for everyone and should not be used just in general, but also in a
0: yes, podcast yeah, it's it,
1: about positivity and...
0: Yeah. It's a habit that I myself am trying to break. Same.
1: Hard same.
0: Okay, so where would you like to start with Cowboy Witch? We have a couple of options. Um, we can start with how you came up with them as a character. Um, or, if you would rather, we can go into kind of the... I guess like the backstory and pre-production and like their story in general, which would you like to do? I
1: think talking about the conception of the characters will be a fun start because it's based on the most powerful motivator, Spite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. Let's do it.
1: So, okay. This all kind of started um, a little over a year ago which is wild to think it was only that long ago, considering all the stuff we have written out. But um, time, <sighs>
0: time is meaningless. Time doesn't exist anymore. No,
1: no, I might wake up and it's three years ago.
0: But um, <laughs>
1: yeah, back in October of 2020, there was an anime premiered that was called The Wandering Witch. Oh, Okay. And when we first watched it, we really liked the first episode. We were really interested in where it was going to go conceptually. Like, I'm a fan of Kino's Journey, so I thought it was going to be like that, but also magic therein. Yeah. And um, it was kind of that, except not really interesting, and very quickly went into subject matter that wasn't...
0: Legends. Oh
1: no! And also, That's the it,
0: worst.
1: It also really disappointed uh, me and my friend because what we were hoping on was, because like the first episode or first two episodes introduces witches in like other areas that have their own kind of witchy customs, and we were hoping for like mm-hmm. different countries. With different kinds of witches. And one of the things my friend, who is a big fan of Westerns, was kind of low-key hoping for was, like, a cowboy witch.
0: Yeah, yeah, why not?
1: Exactly. And none of this happened. Instead, we got
0: (laughs) terrible things. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: Ain't that the way? Ain't that the way? ain't, Ain't that the way?
1: So, um... We were talking afterwards and we're like, well, you know, you does art and character design. I write stories. So what if we did a cowboy witch? Yes. And so they did the first initial character design, which you can find online, which was listed as unnamed OC cowboy witch, which will be hilarious in a minute. But yeah, um, yeah, we just started spitballing kinds of lore things about the character, how we'd want the character to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, just kind of going
1: back and forth. But what's funny about how the initial post was unnamed, unnamed OC cowboy witch was we really went back and forth onto what to name this character, like yeah. something something that would be really interesting but you know easy to remember something that would get the get attention but you know be cool but not edgy or what have you
0: yeah yeah
1: and then i just sat there and i'm like we're trying too hard <laughs> cowboy witch cowboy witch is a good name
0: first name cowboy last name witch
1: and or as it is in spanish since she is mexican La Bruja Vaquero.
0: Nice.
1: And um, for purposes of shortening on, you know, the amount of syllables, I'll go into what is her nickname, which is Bev. (laughs) Which comes across because of her traveling companion, who also didn't want to keep calling her Cowboy Witch endlessly. (laughs) So... She took La Bruja Vaquero, B.V., Mm -hmm. and called her Bev. Aww. Bev didn't actually like this, but she was like, Okay, fine, you can call me this for this job that we're working on. And then they ended up traveling together for several years, so... (laughs) So she just became Bev.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's very good.
1: But, yeah, and... That was the initial concept. They wanted an OC character to do more stuff with because they do lots of art and they don't want to just do fan art. (laughs) Mood. And um, they wanted to create, they wanted to do something in spite of something that didn't deliver what they wanted.
0: Also a big mood. I, I think it's very interesting and like relatable if you kind of track how like like what kinds of what kinds of stories are created because the creators see either a gap that is missing in, or a gap that exists in like the culture and like i'm just going to say like like, the sphere of fiction, uh-huh. and then decides to fill it themselves, or, as it sounds like it was in your and your friend's case, <laughs> you see something that wasn't done as well as it could have been, and y- you decide, we can do better.
1: Absolutely. Be the change you want to see in the world. And in this case, the change <laughs> we wanted to see the world is a gay cowboy witch having adventures
0: absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. so that was
1: the start of the cowboy witch conceptually
0: mhm mhm so um i guess the question then is uh where would you like to start um i know that this is an ongoing story that you and your friend are working on mm-hmm. um so we don't have to talk about like spoiler stuff unless you want to um, but I would, I would love, I would love to hear about Cowboy Witch's backstory.
1: <laughs>
0: like there
1: are some spoilers I don't want to go into, That's but true. I will talk. I mean, it's unfortunately going to be a while because I have to actually write these things. And thinking about writing is great. Actually, writing <laughs> is okay.
0: Cheers, Haley. I'll drink to that. hmm
1: But, um, okay, so let's start with the lore of the world and then bring where she fits into it.
0: Yes, I want to hear about this world, especially because you described it as post-apocalyptic Southwest.
1: <sighs> Quasi-post-apocalyptic, because... What the idea is, this is, you know, fantasy AU. A lot of things in the world have happened, you know, normally. But also there are monsters. And also there are witches and wizards and things. It's just, these -hmm. things have less impact on history than one might think they would.
0: Gotcha, okay.
1: And, in this, within this world... At some point in the past, maybe like a little over a hundred years before the story started, things Mm -hmm. started to get weird in the American Northwest or Southwest and Northern Mexico. Okay. Weird how? Um, Basically, various supernatural creatures or people who indulge in these things and cryptids and whatnot, Mm -hmm. they started to gather. It's okay, kind of, okay. Some of it was like a thing would go there, a thing that follows that thing would go there, a thing that eats that thing goes there, a thing that eats that thing.
0: Okay. And so
1: on and so forth. And it kind of ends up spiraling until suddenly this area is kind of a hotbed of supernatural activity. Okay.
0: Interesting. It's like Thinking ecologically, it's like a whole migration of a food chain. Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know, people who do magics are drawn to it for Mm -hmm. reasons of either study or, hey, I can get lots of ingredients now because everything's over here. Uh Uh-huh. Or opportunity for those who might have less than good designs. Yes. (laughs) And things were... Getting a little bit chaotic, and then suddenly there was something happened in the center of this idea, in this, uh, not idea, in this area. Mm -hmm. Um, Not exactly a storm, but a strange cloudy phenomenon appeared and has expanded to a point where it's damage it like it kind of destroyed nearby houses and settlements. Yeah. So play, everyone has had to pull back from that area.
0: But Okay. It
1: caused enough chaos and fear that a lot of people have fled the areas where things have been affected because after that happened things started getting really really rough. Like Okay. Various monsters started becoming much more aggressive. Um, Okay. Like, kind of 'er ne'er-do-well magic users decided to go completely ham, and, like, there's a, for instance, like a uh, Mm sandstorm that's been going for, like, 30 years. Yeah. And things of that nature, so the whole area became really dangerous, and a lot of people fled.
0: Yeah, that's understandable. If if the area around you is becoming... Not just not just unhospitable, but hostile. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: But the thing is, a lot of people also didn't flee because. Where there's danger, there is also opportunity. Mm -hmm. And not just that, but. You know, once you drive out. Like. Higher powers, systems, governments it allows a freedom that a lot of people didn't have at the time, or at least had Mm -hmm. only a limited capacity, which is kind of a reference to the so-called Wild West. It wasn't actually that, always that chaotic. Sometimes it was just communities of marginalized people coming together to live comfortably.
0: Yeah. Correct me if I'm like off base on this, but it sounds like the the tack that you're trending towards is not as much like like chaotic yippee ki yay anything can happen kind of a thing. It's just less less regulated by the government, perhaps.
1: Yeah, less regulated. I mean, anything can happen because there's you know monsters and things, but
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: <clears throat> it's. For a lot of the people living there, it's just kind of become like this is the wildlife. You know, you don't go yeah. into the woods where the bears are during certain seasons. You don't hang, you know, you beware the moors at, at the moonrise.
0: Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. sort of thing. Okay.
1: So a lot of people are living with it, and some people just didn't want to leave their homes. Some people find profit in it, because the thing is, the area where things have gotten so dangerous that people have fled is continuing to expand, and it has taken up a significant chunk of the central southern U.S.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So it becomes a trade route situation and becomes very profitable to conduct trade through that area, because you have places that are have difficulty getting items so that you can pay Mm -hmm. in things that are not obtainable outside of the Wicked West and get things that are really common outside of it. Like, you know, get some, get various manufactured goods. They can't get there and get, you know, like the crystal heart of a werewolf or something. (laughs) Nice. So, Yeah, there are trade routes going through there. There's rare treasures there. And also, there's a problem of militaries and things kind of waiting on the edges of it to try to keep it from getting any bigger. Yeah. But also waiting if it goes down, because right now, you know, everyone that's in there is not under any sort of regulation. Yeah. So... If it stops suddenly, they have to rush in to reclaim all this territory. Mm hmm. Yeah. Because, especially considering the time period that's taking place in the 1800s, the map was being redrawn uh-huh. all over the. What was that?
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Considering map- what was happening in the 1800s. <laughs> yeah.
1: The map was being redrawn all the time anyway.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: people being displaced. Suddenly, Mexico was suddenly uh, a lot smaller. Yep. So, borderlines have—the large part of the borderline between Mexico and the United States of America has vanished. Yeah. And some people are, you know— Wanting to reclaim that territory that they were that was lost during the various horrible things going on in the 1800s. Yeah, and some people who get in, were in the process of being displaced are trying to hunker down so that once it stops, they can maybe hold on to their territory that's being taken from them. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. It's a complicated situation where, yes, there are monsters, but maybe sometimes those monsters are easier to deal with than the government and armies.
0: Yeah, it's like, would you rather deal with a regiment of soldiers or a pack of bears that turn invisible?
1: Yeah, like, both not fun, but If you kill the pack of invisible bears, you're probably okay.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: They probably won't send reinforcements with... Yeah. Anyway. (laughs)
0: eighteen hundred The bear bear reinforcements.
1: Yeah. That would be funny, though. And horrifying, but funny. (laughs) Horseback bears. (laughs) But then the horses that are riding bears... But anyway, so that kind of sets the stage. Right now, bit of not exactly chaos, but strange days. There are strange days, strange problems. Now, the cowboy witch, this is where she comes in.
0: Yes. I, I'm not yes. going
1: to give the full backstory because she's supposed to be a mysterious character. Uh, fair, fair. This, this is a kind of story that's like, Sherlock Holmes, where it's told from the perspective of a Watson character, in this case, her traveling partner, Adele.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: And so the full details of Bev's backstory is something that's kind of be kind of eked out over the course of the adventures.
0: That's cool, that's cool.
1: But the legend of the Cowboy Witch, as it were, so, sometime while the Wicked West was still forming, this mm-hmm. she basically just appeared. Suddenly, there was a witch running around with a six-shooter in one holster and a wand in another holster, and a riding a broom that has a little metal horse's head on the front of it that whinnies and snorts. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and she goes around kind of dealing with problems for a fee. Mm -hmm. And she's generally considered reliable on this. Nice. Which is good, but also most places still don't want a witch in their town. So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's not, you know, super great. So, basically, people will be like, hey, we have this problem. Can you take care of it? And then immediately leave. (laughs) Boo. Yeah.
0: So. We we only, we're only okay with you being in our town when you're taking care of a problem for us. That's not great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Now, there are other places that are kind of safe ports of harbor for her. Places that are more open to, you know. People who yeah. are different.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> oh, because she is very different. Like she is the witchiest. Like she looks very stereotypically like a witch. She has kind of. She does. Yeah. Long, thin limbs, very long, thin fingers. She's palish, kind of green, or like she's pale and kind of greenish looking. She's mm. got an enormous witch's hat that the point of it blocks behind her so it kind of looks like a stetson if you're looking at it from straight up front but then you're like oh wait there's this it's a a witch's hat the point's just dangling
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah
1: so and like she has red eyes she doesn't blend in Uh uh-huh but um there are also things where so she'll show up when there's trouble, like, people post, like, hey, SOS, we need some help with the situation, we're willing to pay. Or, like, she'll kind of show up and bump into people where trouble's just starting, but also sometimes she'll show up before the trouble starts, which has some people suspicious of her as, like, is she bringing this with her? Is she causing this and trying to collect you know, payment on a problem that she creates.
0: Because that's something that was done mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. In real life.
1: Yeah, make the problem, then make the solution. Charge for it. <sighs> so, depending on the rumors that people hear, they. Are either like, hey, cool, or like, hey, cool, or like, (laughs) or like, keep walking.
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah, so that's kind of her legend. She goes, just kind of roams around like she wasn't initially even really in the Wicked West. She moved up through Mexico to the north and kind of skirted around the Wicked West as it was growing. Okay. It's only once the story begins that she really goes into the Wicked West, because she is prompted to buy her traveling partner, Dell Because to go a bit into her, because mm-hmm. it's her story as well, like, they're you know, co-stars.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: And um, so... Bell lived in a town that was a major trade post. It was a big, safe place from entering or exiting one end of the Wicked West.
0: Okay, okay. So, like, in the sense of, like, the... I'm gonna call it the boundary of what I have just noted down here is the mysterious maelstrom. Like, it's a little bit more set around... Um, Dell's hometown
1: yeah like there are two main entrances and exits one's more around, one's more in like uh, Louisiana and one is kind of towards a mount towards the mountainous area in the west mm-hmm. where there is kind of a passage and that was where her town was uh, I'm probably not going to pronounce this correctly because even though I'm writing this down, I'm not a native speaker. Kimia Osilo, I believe, roughly translates like road to heaven.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And so she lived there. She was like her job there was just like um, she was like a small game hunter. Okay. And just kind of helped out around the town. And yeah. what happens is one day, like, they're generally protected, like, they have a wall around their town, like, they know how to fight monsters, they've had these tradition, religious traditions that give them a good mm-hmm. idea on how to properly deal with these things, like, they bury their dead in iron coffins with a stake in their heart, just in case.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So, they felt really, like, they were generally really safe. And then they weren't, because then suddenly there was a bunch of vampires busting through their gates.
0: Oh, no.
1: (laughs) And in a span of one night, a lot of damage is done. Like, they lose a lot of people. Some of them were disappeared by the vampires. A lot of them were just outright killed on the ground yeah and like the next morning people are really worried like they have mercenaries throughout the throughout this time because especially during the winter trade slows down because mountains Mm -hmm. a lot of snow so
0: yeah don't want any daughter parties (laughs) exactly
1: so they tend to hire some people to stay like a lot of mercenaries to stay in over the winter to keep the town safe in case someone gets some bright idea
0: okay to that's a- very sensible of them
1: yeah and the thing is though now that the area's been devastated now that their town's been like really really heavy hit by a bunch of vampires these mercenaries yes. are like this is more than I signed on for so they're oh, planning- no. <laughs> So, like, they're planning to flee and it's going to leave the town unprotected and the vampires are going to come back the next night and they're just going to get rolled over. Oh, no. And it's during this morning where they're trying to gather up their dead to put stakes in their heart and put them in the iron coffins to keep them from coming back. Like, Dell is basically putting a stake in her best friend's heart
0: Oh no, honey.
1: When in strolls this big lanky weirdo in a giant witch's hat, (laughs) she just kind of walks past everyone muttering to herself. And it's like, what? This really isn't the time. Like one of the mercenaries that are more trusted stops her. It's like, takes one look at her. It's like, Look, you're either a witch or diseased. Either way, you just need to keep walking. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Otherwise, we're gonna push you out. And she just walks past them, like she's not interested at all in these people. Mm-hmm. Until like Dell, like more directly confronts her in a way that feels more of a like feels more like an actual challenge. Like she got the, I guess. Bev got the impression from this guy that it was a bit of bluster going on. Yeah. And when meeting that, she actually responds because she doesn't want to talk deal with anyone who she doesn't feel has any actual authority in the town.
0: <laughs> and while she, Belle- she she's here to speak to your manager, yeah, but like not in a bad way. Yeah.
1: And while Belle isn't like actually a politician or anything, she is a person that the other people in the town look up to. Mm-hmm. And especially since things have gotten bad, you know, they're looking to her to for some guidance, some help. Just like, what are we supposed to do? Like, we can't run. It's dead of winter. We won't be able to get far enough. And this is our home.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, Cowboy Witch. You know, like, they recognize her from the rumors, from the legends, and Uh she's all like, so, I'm gonna save your town, and you're going to pay me basically all the money that I can carry. (laughs) And they're very, very, very skeptical, of course, and like I'm going to spoil like a start of the story here, but I'm yeah, going it's to it's whatever the,
0: you want to spoil.
1: But I'm doing it for the sake of, hey, be interested in this. <laughs> but she's all but she goes, Hey, give me like three hours, see what I can do, and then decide whether you want me to hire want to hire me on. <laughs> and by the way, as she's she keeps kind of mumbling seemingly to herself but actually to her clasped hands and when they try to see what's going on there she reveals that she's carrying a bearded dragon like you know the lizard like the lizard yeah
0: yes and she's ted cooper
1: yeah and she's kind of like she's like oh yeah this guy and then she's like she thanks the lizard and then puts him under her hat it's much to everyone's <laughs> confusion. And then they're like, okay, we'll give you three hours. After that, if we're not impressed, you're leaving. We have a problem to de- actually deal with. And then Cowboy yeah. Witch proceeds to not really do anything. She, you know, goes around, chats with people, uh, gets a bit flirty, finds a nice lady and yeah. that's not exactly appreciated because it's a very uh, traditional Catholic town.
0: Ah, uh, I haven't had to do this on Wayward for a while, but I apologize for Catholics as a Catholic.
1: So I guess content <laughs> definitely some content warning for homophobia because there is that. And so it's like, like it's put up with, but it didn't make them happy and Dell's just like you're just wasting our time. And as mm-hmm. the time is ticking down, like Dell start or not Dell Bev, she's following you know the line of the sun. Yeah, and she's going in the direction where she was staring at when she came into town. Yeah, and she's like kind of humming to herself. She waits until. The sunlight passes over this kind of barn that was ravaged during the attack. Mm -hmm. She pulls up a tarp that was hidden under sand, under like dirt, and finding like a secret door, throws it open, and the sunlight streams in, killing dozens of vampires. (laughs) And she's like, so did you know that there was a tunnel in your town? And this is, you know, both horrifying because one, there's a tunnel in this town. And two, that was someone's barn. Someone knew about this. Someone in the town has, oh, no. you know, betrayed it. Two vampires. Yeah. So, yeah, needless to say, they're interested in what she can do for them now. (laughs) Because at least how she presents it was she was using her bearded dragon to do a kind of (laughs) dowsing. I'm sorry, that's delightful. Whether she's telling the truth or not or messing with them, who can say she is like, Mm -hmm. like, they're like that. Uh, I'll kind of switch between she and they for Bev because their pronouns are she, she, they. Mhm, mhm. But so they're able to like be like, "Hey, this is where the tunnel leads. Is there anything in this direction where they might be congregated? Like where they might be coming from?" <clears throat> and I was like, "Yeah, there's actually a military base." during the Mexican-American War, where yeah. when they tried to push us out. But, <laughs> no. <laughs> Instead, they just redrew the map around them and sent a letter, hey, you're Americans now. Keep trading with us. <laughs> and so Dell has the rest of the town to fort- go fortify themselves, you know. Uh-huh,
0: and she uh-huh.
1: goes with... Bev to try to find the root of this and end it before nightfall. Yeah. And I'm not going to go into super detail what happens there, but they go there, they do find the source of the vampire problem and they put an end to it. All, uh-huh.
0: the,
1: all the while, kind of bickering, but also developing a sort of back and forth rapport and then they're heading back to town. And there's a giant plume of black smoke. Oh, no. And they get back into town. There's a storm receding in the distance, like in a way that doesn't look normal for a storm. And. Oh, no. The entire town is burnt to cinders. There is. Oh, no. N- no one left there is nothing left everything is destroyed everyone is dead and this is a town that was very insular like people can come in but generally no one leaves yeah yeah so literally dell has just suddenly lost everyone
0: everything
1: everyone she's ever known for the most part Like, her entire family, um, the, her, (laughs) you know, church, her community, it's just all gone.
0: My initial thought is that since from, is it, it sounds, since it sounds like this was done deliberately by someone or some people, they made, that, that was a bad decision for three reasons. One, because um, because the town was very vital in terms of trade, both inside and outside what? two, because if they were trying to cover something up, then they just put a big old target on their backs, like, yes, there was something that is happening here, and we're trying to cover it up. And three, because. Del and Bev, but especially Del, is not going to stop until she finds every single person responsible for this and uh and and does justice.
1: Basically. And Bev's kind of like, oh, um, well, um so I guess I'm not getting paid.
0: Oh, honey.
1: Yeah, yeah she's not there is kind of a thing revealed about why Bev is there, but I'm not going to go too much into detail into that or why she was that's there. Fair.
0: That's fair.
1: <clears throat> but what happens is Dell's like, Hey, witch, I'm hiring you. We're going to track down whatever did this and we're going to mm-hmm. kill it. Yeah. And it's just like, Bev's like, okay, that's nice. Um, What do I get out of it? And Del's like, I think she basically just had like a couple of coins. It's like, this is all of the money in the town. (laughs) And you will get a partner. I know what I'm doing. I know how to fight monsters. But most importantly, you will get someone who actually knows how to talk to people. (laughs) Because Bev kind of... Like, if they were to have do the meme t-shirts, they would have the shirt that says, I get us into trouble, and Del would say, I get us out of trouble. <laughs> but also, on top of that, it was a trader town. And Del uh-huh. talked to all of the traders that passed through, so she actually knows all of the towns vicariously. She knows... Mm-hmm who's in charge there. She knows the kinds of things that are going on in the town. She actually knows the roads, you know, whereas Bev, who had been trying to avoid going into the Wicked Witch, or not Wicked Witch, the Wicked West does not Uh know these things. So.
0: Yeah. It sounds like it's a good partnership.
1: Yeah. And Bev ultimately agrees to this. But the thing is, they have extremely little to go on. The entire town was, like, completely burnt. Like, metal was melted. Yeah. Even. Like, there was barely bones left.
0: Oh, and, no.
1: And there was a weird storm that was receding. That's all they have to go on. So, they just kind of go around trying to, like you know, survive, get food, places to sleep, that sort of thing, and while also asking, hey, do you know anything about this? Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the premise of the story. It's them going around the Wicked West and encountering all manner of goings-on, helping people for a price, sometimes just encountering weird things on their own. As they... Try to find what happened to Dell's hometown, yeah, and that's the basic premise
0: nice, so I have some questions that we can go over as quickly or as in depth as you want to, sure, um the first question of which is uh so um how since you said that um that Bev is Mexican, um, and I believe, uh, is Del also Mexican?
1: Yeah, she was part of a northern, northern area of what was Mexico before the Mexican-American War.
0: Okay, okay. So how has that, how has how is Mexican, both culture, history, and identity, um, affected how you and your friend have created uh, Bev and Del?
1: Um, there is quite a bit there, like my friend uh Caban, that's their mm-hmm. online handle um they are Mexican, and when they were designing Bev and Dell, they drew from historic images of like uh women who are Mexican like fighters like Dell mm-hmm. very much mm-hmm. is embodies some of that fashion and that attitude,
0: yes, absolutely, absolutely.
1: And also, um, something we want to bring in is some of the supernatural stuff that is in Mexico that, like, we don't hear a lot about. Like, various strange cryptids and monsters and different kinds of witches. Yeah? <sighs> like, witches that shapeshift and take their legs off and things like that. <laughs>
0: wish i could just take my legs off. <laughs> oh, i know.
1: And just all kinds of strange things that a lot of people might not have had um exposure to in this genre.
0: Mhm. Mhm. So, what is uh th- this can be for for Bev and Dell each? Mm-hmm. Um, what is their favorite place that they have traveled to? No context required.
1: Let's see. Oh, jeez. The problem is not a lot of it's been written out.
0: That's okay. That's okay.
1: Let's see. I would say for Bev, probably her favorite place would be near to the border of the Wicked West. On the Mm -hmm. um, east side, more towards Louisiana, there are a gathering of... It's like a kind of more supernatural friendly town. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. witches there that she knows because there are covens, but also members of the covens will, you know, go out on their own. Yeah. Like a bit of backstory on Bev, one that's not a spoiler because it's part of the story is she used to be in a coven. She is not in a coven anymore, and as far as anyone knows, the coven she was in doesn't exist anymore.
0: Ah, okay, okay. But yeah, I'm curious about whether that's because she outlived it or it was dissolved or something else happened. That is you don't question. have to answer that. <laughs> that is a question. That is a question indeed. <laughs> but yeah, in
1: this town, there's just a lot of people that she actually recognizes that recognizes her. And mm-hmm. that's the kind of person where they have a lot of casual romantic partners. Okay. So she gets to meet up. So, like, she'll get to see a lot of them there. Or at least not a lot of them, but, you know, several. It's like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's
1: see. As for Dell, I don't have any sort of name for this place, but... That's Okay she will come across a town that reminds her of her own. So it's kind of very bittersweet. Mm -hmm. Like it just kind of like the, not in structure or how the culture exactly was, but just the kind of insular nature. Everyone knows everyone, that sort of thing. And it's relatively safe. And she'll be tempted to kind of be like, maybe I should give up on this. Maybe I should, like...
0: Settle, uh, put down roots again?
1: Yeah, settle down, have a life, not just be chasing after this thing. This thing Mm -hmm. or these people or whoever it is. So that will be something that's a temptation. I would say, um, for me, one of the more interesting locations that I've... been working on is Mm -hmm. it's an area where I mentioned that there's been a sandstorm going on for like 30 years.
0: Yeah. That's,
1: you know, miles big. And Mm -hmm. there was an, you know, a pretty successful town that was in there that got buried. But rather than everyone dying or fleeing, they kind of fortified all of their buildings and made a series of tunnels going underneath the town. So, now everyone, now the front door is the basement door. (laughs) And they just have adapted to live like this. There are gates, like, on the edges of the sandstorm for coming in and for coming out. There are hotels, you know, like, saloons. People just have homes there. They have little, like, underground farm areas. And Mm -hmm. it's just an example of people adapting in such a strange environment. Because people do adapt in strange environments.
0: Nice. That sounds very cool too.
1: Oh, also there are monsters running around in the sandstorm.
0: Of course there are. Of course oh, there are. I've course- played Legend of Zelda.
1: Exactly.
0: Don't go- I've played Pokemon. <laughs>
1: exactly. There are terrible things skittering around in the sand. Don't go in there. You won't come back.
0: <laughs> but- okay. Um so this you don't have to answer this is another question that you don't have to answer unless you want to is there going to be romance between Bev and Dell?
1: oh that is a question um <laughs> I will say they're slow burn <laughs> like a big thing slow burn with- to something <laughs> S- slow burn to something like I would say where they are at for the, the large part of the story is they are friends with plausible deniability.
0: <laughs> plausible deniability about being friends or about there being anything else going on? <laughs> plausible
1: deniability about being
0: friends. Ah, gotcha.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> Belle's like, I'm just working with her. And Bev's like, oh, no, she's kind of, like, she's my you know, my traveling partner. And also, um, if anything happens, I'll leave her behind. It's fine. (laughs) Beth doesn't really have object permanence for people.
0: (laughs) She turns around and closes her eyes and then opens her eyes and is like, wait, where'd she go? (laughs) But yeah, like she can care about people and then like
1: as soon as she's away from them, she'll just like entirely forget unless someone asks. Unless someone asks. Oh, honey. Which, yeah. So, but um, a part of Del's story is, has to do with how she was brought up. Like, mm-hmm. her faith and her, like, person, like, the culture of just her town. And. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're raised in a small town and. Your church, or not just a small town, but just in one area, your church is your mm-hmm. is the religion. If you go to somewhere else, uh, the church is going to be not the same. It's not; they're not going to sing the hymns the same way. They're not going to be praying the same way. So, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's not. It's the it's kind of the same thing, but it's not. But She's also the only person left.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's a question of her trying to reconcile that where she can't have, like, she can't have her faith be as rigidly as she was used to it. It has to adapt, otherwise it's just going Otherwise, she's basically just not going to have any faith to, or, like, have any way to actually participate in it.
0: Mm-hmm. If your faith cannot be adapted to changing, or if, if your faith is not flexible to accept different circumstances and to uh, adapt to changes in society and culture, then your faith is going to break and splinter. And also your religion will do the same thing. Exactly.
1: And add to that, like, you know, the bigotries she was raised up with. Like, she's now traveling with a witch. That's mm-hmm. kind of not... Heretical. <laughs> yeah, that's not great for as far as her... The views she was raised on go. And also, mm-hmm. not just that, Bev is queer both in gender and in sexuality and a yeah. lot of people she knows is que- you know they're queer and like as far as the town goes like differences like that were like tolerated like witches weren't that sort of thing isn't but like difference in faith like people's lifestyle is different but there's a difference between tolerating it and living with it
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: So she's going to have to confront some things about that. She's going to have to confront some things about herself that maybe she had pushed down because that's what she was taught was the proper thing to do.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm And something that mixes in all of this, which is, I'm not going to say exactly what, but before her town was destroyed, like right before her town... When they were dealing with the vampire problem, yeah, Dell commits a mortal sin. She murders somebody.
0: Oh no! Like,
1: like not killed in self-defense or got in a fight and something
0: premeditated.
1: Yeah, she she did a murderizing. Oh no! And like there are what you know there are things that one is supposed to do when they sin. In Catholicism, like confession, yes. But um, <laughs> her church is gone,
0: <laughs> and she she makes Bev stop at the first Catholic church with a confessional they find. <laughs>
1: but the thing is, it doesn't feel right. It's not the right church. It's not the. R-
0: Just say three hail Marys. It's fine. <laughs>
1: But then it's even. But then there's a part of it that's even worse because under the circumstances, she doesn't feel guilty about what she did.
0: Oh, oh, honey, so, the conflict.
1: So yeah, it's the question of like, I can confess to this sin, you know, confess my guilt, but what if I don't have guilt? Like,
0: I I wish Dell of a priest who is open to conversation. <laughs>
1: Hopefully she can find something like that. <laughs> but yeah.
0: All right, I have I have one I have one last question that I wrote during the recording. Okay. Which is um for a lot of and I'm just going to use the broad scope term here for a lot of wild west stories music plays a very important part i'm curious if music has affected uh uh your and hold up let me get of if music has affected uh your and caban's uh creation of the story affected or influenced um kind of
1: yeah uh now This is more to do with the characters, but we do have how they engage in music.
0: Oh, nice. Like, uh,
1: Bev doesn't play an instrument. She will sing if prompted. She sings Mm -hmm. like a cat being strangled. And if you try to stop (laughs) her, she will start singing louder. (laughs) Uh. Del has an all right voice, but where she really, like... Did good music was she plays the guitar.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: But this is also going to be a sad thing because her guitar was destroyed when her town was destroyed. And now, oh no. And now the idea of playing music just kind of makes her think about, you know, playing for her family and friends who are all gone. Yeah. So it'll be a while before she picks up the guitar again.
0: I kind of want Bev to steal her guitar.
1: <laughs> she probably would. She,
0: <laughs> she
1: probably would, and yeah. Also, there's a difference between the two of them when it comes to engaging just in listening to music. Like, mm-hmm. Bev, likes she doesn't like to dance by herself. And she's a weirdo, yeah. so she's often just kind of likes to chill out and vibe to the music.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Del loves to dance. She loves to dance. She loves to dance flashy. She likes to just kind of really go all out. The more energetic, the better. And if she has a mm-hmm. dance partner, she will do everything she can to outdo them. I'm sure at no point Bev and Dell will end up dancing together.
0: Ah, yeah, because uh, I think Caban had did some art of the two of them dancing, which is very cool. And when I both say both in, oh, go ahead in traditional Mexican costume, so oh, yeah. cool. Oh yeah, not what, costume or outfits. Yeah, traditional Mexican. Yes, yeah. outfits. Outfit is the correct term. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're totally gonna end up dancing together.
1: That was, uh,
0: yeah.
1: Ah, because of course, because of course.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Because their relationship is a big part of the journey because they are both on journeys of growth and discovery and of fighting monsters.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: It's okay if I briefly bring up just a little thing about the site, about some of the characters that they'll meet.
0: Yeah, yeah, shoot.
1: Go for it. Like, I want the series to be kind of like a, a serial adventures, like, you know,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: the titles Mm -hmm. are all going to be Cowboy Witch and the something like that.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that format. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, there will also be recurring characters, people who, well, know Bev, because Del doesn't have anyone that knows her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they will all be strange, colorful characters, the two that I want to touch on most is besides, like, just a quick thing is that, you know, there'll be other witches who come from other disciplines who specialize in things. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a spirit witch who his big field of study is spirits. Like, he makes objects for them to possess and tries to communicate with them and things like that. So, you know, just odd characters. But two big characters that will be recurring is... Mm -hmm. As Bev calls him, the guy with the stupid hat and Beast Witch. (laughs) The guy with the stupid hat, also known as Dallas, he Mm -hmm. is kind of her rival, but he doesn't consider himself her rival. He considers them best friends.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that dynamic.
1: And Bev would just love to shoot him if she could. (laughs) <laughs> there are reasons that she can't, but he doesn't even consider what they do rivalry. Like, he, he's helping. <laughs> sure, he that might end up resulting in her not getting paid sometimes, but, you know, otherwise she would have died. <laughs> and, yeah, she was, like, supposed to kill these two, like, wizards, and instead he helped them realize that they were just terribly in love, and thus they... Stopped being a problem, but, you know. (laughs) But, yeah, she calls him the guy with the stupid hat because he has a big black leather hat with a glowing red feather sticking out of it. Nice. And he also will, when she greets him like that, be like, oh, your stupid hat. He will then, you know, snipe at her giant witch's hat. Floppy tail. (laughs) So they kind of, Mm -hmm. but in his case, it's a bit more playful friendly. And he also has a traveling companion, but yeah. 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 Uh, Now Dallas isn't his real name. Dallas is where he's from.
0: Okay. Okay. There's a
1: running theme of characters with nicknames like, you know, cowboy witch, spirit witch. Uh, uh-huh. Dallas. And in his case, his part, his traveling partner is Perry. Okay. She's from Paris. Or, <laughs> or Perry. She came back. She wanted to, like, she's the daughter of a sort of well to do family. They were a black family that left America, went to France where things were a bit less horrible for black people. Mm -hmm. And they had ended up doing rather well for themselves. Like she's descended from a couple of people, like from a family like that, and she has heard about the Wicked West. Like she and decided that she wants some adventure in her life. So she came back to America and ended up joining up with Dallas, and the two of them are also roving around, having adventures, and they're. Bumping into Bev and Dell. And there's a kind of fun fun dynamic there. And Perry is hopelessly in love with Dallas. Aww. And she is convinced that Dallas is in love with Bev. Dell finds this hilarious since Bev is very, very, very gay. (laughs) Ah. But the other reoccurring character is mm-hmm. the Beast Witch. Yes? She is someone who knows Bev. She knows Bev very well.
0: And okay. And she does
1: not like Bev. She doesn't like her to the point where she's trying to kill her, but there is no love lost between them. There is a lot of hostility. She knows things and she is not intending to be upfront about it.
0: hmm
1: She'd rather Del find out on her own.
0: Yeah. The
1: thing about the Beastwitch that I find interesting has to do with her abilities. Because uh of with witches is there are different philosophies, different things that they study within this, yeah. within this lore. And Beastwitch doesn't fall within that. She has traveled amongst so many different ones, learning their different stuff. Because usually it's like the witch can turn into one specific animal or they'll learn how to change parts of their body to, you know, get the abilities of an animal or just to talk to them. She can freely change into several different kinds of animals, turn her, her body parts into animal body parts at will and can communicate with basically every kind of animal.
0: That's cool.
1: Yeah. So, and that is a power that doesn't exist for anyone else. And <laughs> Nice. She knows Bev. She knows Bev very well. And she is hunting for someone. She is tracking a group of werewolves that she has a personal vendetta against.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's a thing where she could ally with Bev on this, but they also run into conflict on it.
0: Hmm. Unsurprising. Good to hear.
1: So yeah, she she's the mysterious enigmatic character who knows the other mysterious enigmatic character.
0: <laughs> and were they roommates?
1: And they were roommates.
0: Oh my god, they were roommates. hmm So, yeah. Colorful
1: collection of fun characters in this strange, strange land.
0: Hey, you know what? If you're, if the title of your story is Cowboy Witch and the Wicked West, you gotta! Yeah. You gotta! And
1: this is not a story about subtlety. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a story about indulgence and cool things happening and weird things happening.
1: And all because an anime wasn't good enough.
0: <laughs> so your last question for today, then, Haley, is why do you love Cowboy Witch so much?
1: Oh, God, because she's so strange. Like, she is a character, like... <laughs> she's a different kind of character than the sort of thing that I'm used to either writing or reading because yeah like she doesn't just do terrible like she's not a person who does c- terrible things like for fun like edge lord type thing but she is uh-huh. a person who once she's decided to do something it's not something that she's going to question anymore
0: and it's not mm-hmm. very convicted
1: yeah it's not something that like afterwards she's going mm-hmm. to feel guilty over like if she, you know she steals something from someone she already decided that yeah this is what this is what I did you know mm-hmm. she just had it's not that she has no guilt it's that she is sure of her actions and that's also what I was talking about with her object permanence for people how she can care about them and then like just they stop existing Mm -hmm. for her and that there's not a contradiction there. Like, if she comes back, she'll be like, oh, hey, you know, she'll kind of pick right back up where they left off. And if the person Mm -hmm. no longer likes her, it's like, oh, okay. Like, she'll mourn for seconds or minutes and then move on. Like, if Del were to be killed, you know, she'd be sad. She'd bury her. Then she'd leave. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't bring her up unless someone asked. Yeah, at least that's how things were at the start. Ooh, but <laughs> and also she just has a really twisted sense of humor.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like there is a part in actually the Christmas story where she tells Del she has to do a ritual. And she leaves, and she comes back a little bit later. Like her face and arms are soaked in blood, and she just doesn't <laughs> say anything about it. And it's oh? kind of completely. It's valid to interpret it that either there was actually part of a ritual, or she just did that to mess with Dell. <laughs> so she's she's a trip. <laughs> She's a mysterious character who isn't good at everything.
0: Yeah. And
1: isn't like she's not afraid of being silly.
0: That's good. Especially when you're in the when you're in the Wicked West, you got to like like we said, you got to be silly. Yeah. You got to have a sense of humor about these sorts of things. Mhm.
1: Mhm. And also I just love collaborating with my friend Kaba on like we bounce ideas off each other so well; it's so fun.
0: Yeah it it's always good to have collaborations like that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Haley, for coming on to talk about Cowboy Witch. I loved getting to hear all about them and Dell and their universe and all of these all all of these questions that are going to be answered at some point. Mm hmm.
1: I just have to write them down.
0: (laughs) I feel that. Mm -hmm. So this is the part of the podcast where uh, you get to tell us where you would like to be found on the internet, and if you have anything that you want to shout out and/or promote.
1: All right, Um, I'm sleepy, Haley. Pretty much everywhere, like. Uh, on Archive of Our Own, it's Sleepy Haley. one word. On Tumblr, it's Sleepy-Haley. On Twitter, it's Sleepy underscore Haley. Um, mm-hmm. My Twitter and Tumblr are my main social media things, but you're not... You're going to find a lot of reblogged kaiju fan art. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to engage with me, sometimes I'll talk about other things there. But uh, you'll also find my... Best friend Kaban and collaborator on Twitter at Bang. That's K-A-B-A-N and B-A-N-G. This is their uh, main art account. Well, their main Safer Word art account. Yeah. Which also links to their personal account. So you can see their goofy things there, too. And their art and all the new Cowboy Witch type stuff that will pop up there. So... There's that. Mm -hmm. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to a work being done by a friend of mine that's called Only a Mask. It's a multimedia story about some low-level goons in a supervillain group trying to increase their status. You can find that on Twitter on just Only a Mask, one word, easy enough to find. I think it's mm-hmm. really interesting, really fun. Check it out. And well, I know they're already friends to this podcast. Everything by Crooked Russian Cam. Just <laughs> everything by them. Go to CrookedRussianCam.horse. All of or oh, po-
0: CrookedRussianCam.gay <laughs> if
1: you're feeling, you know, a little sexy. But yeah. <laughs> Everything they do, I will fight you, Jim Jammer. The Gem Jam, the history of, you know, Jim and the holograms. Date me, damn it! All good stuff. I cannot recommend it highly enough.
0: <laughs> oh, I I second that. Krugerush and Cam's crew is great. Oh yeah. All right, time for me to go ahead and do my outro. Okay. The Homeful Rayward OCs is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found through Acast and your local podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is Violet by Poddington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. We can be reached at waywardocpod at gmail.com or at waywardocpod on Twitter. If you would like to talk about Wayward or the other Corner Podcast Network shows, uh, we have our own Discord server. There should be a permit invite up on at least one of the show Twitters, but if it's not there... Uh, message one of our show accounts and we can get you that invite. And I am always looking for guests to talk about their original characters, especially because we are now in a new year and I am A, uh, starting to book characters and B, hop- hoping to move, uh, back to the two episodes a month for the foreseeable future Uh, so if you or someone you know might be interested in talking about their original character, uh, please feel free to reach out uh, either through the show email and Twitter accounts uh, or if you're on the Corner Podcast Network uh, Discord server, or I also have a Google form that is the Pinge Tweet on the Wayward Twitter account where you can send in your OCs and it covers stuff like What's your character pitch? When are you available to record that kind of a thing? And as with all podcasts, it is always super helpful if you can subscribe and rate us on your listening platform of choice, and maybe even leave a review because it helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So thank you all for listening. This has been the M4OCS, and we hope you enjoyed your stay.
1: I certainly hope so, because, you know, I do.
0: (laughs) Oh, and we have we have a guest in the recording because my cat has decided to join me in my office.
1: (laughs) Cats make the best co-hosts right up there with dogs who are also the best (laughs) co-hosts.
0: Ellie wanted justice. I'm gonna fire on him.
1: Johnny was a drifter. Miss Ellie, if you ain't got the stomach for it, I'd be, I'd be obliged. Lance had a score to settle.
0: The only reason I done this is because you have no honor on you. Father Flint heard a different call. I'm not necessarily the
1: best man of God you ever met. And Jeremiah, Jeremiah was just plain crazy. I'm going to turn this guy's femur into mist.
0: Get ready to ride down darker trails. I hope I see them in hell. In this actual play, Call of Cthulhu podcast. We proudly present Ain't Slave Nobody.